Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. If you are new to our channel, make sure you are subscribing. Smash a like. Let's go. Let's go big on the likes. Let's go 1.1k on the likes and comment your thoughts in the comment section down below. Villa v Nottingham Forest at three o'clock on a Saturday. Me and Hannah off air have just been trying to think when the last three o'clock was, and we haven't got to the bottom of that conversation. So uh, I think it may have been Crystal Palace, but we are unaware of when it was. But, you know, that shows how long ago it probably was. Um, so, yeah, three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. It's going to feel a bit weird playing on a three o'clock kickoff. But, you know, all good. So, yeah, Villa Forest, really looking forward to it. Um, still buzzing from the weekend. Hannah, how are you and how are you feeling about Villa? Thoughts from the weekend and looking ahead to Forest? I am very well, thank you. Happy to be back on after a little uh, time away. I <laughs> didn't really catch much of the Fulham game, to be fair. Um, so the, I caught a bit of the second half, which probably was the bit that actually didn't reflect so favourably on, on how Villa performed across the whole game. Um, but from the bits I've seen and from reading and listening to to what other people have said post-match, it, it seems like it was a, a really good sort of rebound from the last three games where we looked to have struggled a little bit. I think what we really needed in, in the run-up to this kind of February-March period was a run of form, a run of performances and it looks like we were really creative against Fulham. We were able to kind of reignite some of the free flow football that has been so recognisable under Unai Emery. Obviously, a massive boost to have Powell back, and even you know the the fact that we hadn't played that centre back pe pairing before. It looks like they, for the most part, despite conceding a goal, uh, managed really well, which is a massive positive considering how you know concerned we've been about our defensive uh, injury situation. So. I think we come away from it really, really positive. We've got a striker that is in the form of his life, really. Um, really enjoying the, the the absolute best of Ollie Watkins at the minute. And, you know, despite, you know, a lot of negative injury news, which, you know, we know a lot of teams have, have had this season, we can feel quite positive, I think, now going into this next run of fixtures. We're back in the top four. We've got a little bit of a buffer on. Spurs and United so with favourable favourable fixtures coming up you know with Forest, uh, Luton a big game against Spurs it's probably I think the biggest running of our season so far we've seen that this team can come back from a bad run of form we did it last season and then went on a great run so I'm hoping that we can kind of emulate that again now and if we can get through the next four games I'd say and pick up points I'd say we don't want to lose any of them then we have a really good chance of top four and that's exactly where we want to be we want to stay consistent in that conversation until the end of the season we can't really now afford the same drop off where we lose a run of games again because it is just so competitive for that top four so I think I feel really positive after that Fulham game. It was the boost we needed. And especially when you go away from home, it's always, you know, quite sweet to come away with a victory. And Fulham aren't an easy team to beat. I think we've probably touched on, on previous episodes that they've had some 
some good results at Craven Cottage this season. So we can't underestimate that Fulham are a decent Premier League side at the minute. So hopefully it's given the boys a bit more confidence again and we go into a, a nice three o'clock home fixture this weekend, which is a treat and should hopefully, again, pull something out of the bag because we've gone from winning every week at Villa Park to a little bit of a dip. So it'd be nice to get that back again. Yeah. Love it. I've really been sort of manifesting positive vibes. I'm 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 going to sleep with that Champions League anthem on. I'm I'm looking at the trophy. I'm I'm just <laughs> looking at it every time. I'm manifesting that Champions League trophy and just positive vibes. I think you've got to bring it. We've got to be. I think what we've got to do is we've got to enjoy this next running. We've got to really sort of just embrace it and just just ride it and just go with it and go with the flow. And, you know, again, like, you know, I was buzzing after the Fulham game because so many things happened that pleased me that sort of like didn't sort of, I wasn't like thinking negative things about the way we were going, but certain things happened that made me think, oh, do you know what? We're fine here. Like we can hold our own in this running. And Ollie Watkins absolutely clinical we've got a striker that's banging form going into the last 13 14 games so many games we've got left he's got 13 premier league goals 10 assists if he can get to 20 goals we'll be right there we'll be right there in them champions league places because you know if he's knocking on 20 goals he's got to get another seven um then i think i think we'll be doing really really well there Pau torres coming back you know, it's sort of like we knew the importance of power, but when you see him back in the flesh and you see him play and, you know, on the debrief, me and Justin did that sort of debrief of the goal and then Villa dropped like the build-up before the actual build-up to the goal and it was like liquid Unai Emery football. It was to the left. Everybody was getting barged off the ball. We were still keeping it. We sort of went to the right, didn't happen, went back to the left, went back down the middle and just brilliant, just really, really good, and um, yeah, I, I'm absolutely loving it, and I'm I'm embracing it, and can't wait for this next running. Justin, how are you feeling heading into the weekend? Excited. Um, I've just done a bit of research while you pair been talking. There's only <laughs> been two home three o'clock kickoffs this season, and you got one right, Palace, but the last was one was Burnley at home on the 30th of December, so last year. So this is only be the third. Three o'clock Premier League game on a Saturday at home this whole season, which is mad. But yes, really looking forward to this game. I think it's a massive opportunity. As we said before the uh, before the Fulham game, these three games after that, a little bit of a ropey spell, really give us a massive opportunity now to, to, to put three wins on the board. That's what I want out of them going into what is an absolutely huge game uh, against Spurs then coming up after that. And then put us in a really good position then for that last ten game running. So I'm just hoping that that's what's gonna it's gonna manifest itself at the weekend. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. Right. So my good friend Wolfie from Forest Fan TV. We we talk quite a bit. Me and Wolfie. We got a little connection going. Um, you know, Midland vibes. Two giants really. 
Um, both sponsored by SofaScore. So we've got that little connection going as well. He's gave me some inside info. And the one thing that he told me that stuck with me is that Murillo is the best centre-back in the Premier League. So I just thought like I'd just give his honest vibes that Murillo, that's what he said. Um, I did laugh at him when, when he did say that. So um, Forrest, I think that they are doing better now. They are a team that I think are still in sort of new manager transition vibes. I think they are doing some things really well that you're starting to see from uh, Nuno, some of his ideas coming in. I think they're far from the finished article. But what I have seen from them and, and the progress that I think that they are making, they've had you know a couple of disappointing results barring the West Ham one. But I think some of the, the, the attacking football that they're playing out, uh, counter-attacking they are, looks really good and looks really promising for them. So I think in that aspect, I think they're going to be fine under Nuno. I think he's you know, going to sort of just get them more attacking, basically. I think that's probably one of the biggest frustration from Forest fans is that, you know, that sort of low block football sometimes that Cooper was playing was a little bit sort of like Groundhog Day every week. And I, and I think, although sometimes he was getting results, I think, you know, any team that once you get in the Premier League, once you survive that first season, you you want to see a bit of progress and I, and I think you don't want to just see that your team's stuck down the bottom of the Premier League and you're scrapping away because we know eventually if you're down there for too long, you'll end up going one direction. So I think early signs from Nuno are pretty, pretty good. Uh, so if we just have a little look at how they're currently setting up at the minute then. So it's a 4-2-3-1 in essence. Uh, they've got two holding players, Dominguez and Danilo. I've been told that the AFCON boys are all back and, and, and going to be involved. So they're probably going to be making the match day squad. Um, two wingers that are very attacking, very dynamic, very pacey, offer a big, big threat for Forest in Hudson Adoy and Alanga. Hudson Adoy and Tavares have got good link up play as well. So they're getting the overlaps with Williams and Tavares. Gibbs White. You know, anyone that knows me knows that I massively, massively rate Gibbs White. I think he's unbelievable. Um, I think he's, his passing range is good. I think he's sort of, he's got that sort of sense of, sort of that pace on the ball. You know what Jack had? You know, that sort of like, the, the, the pace on the pass that would always just be right and it would always set up either the cross or the shot for the opposition, for the player. So I think he's got that in his game. I don't think he's having as, as good a season as he had last year. I think Johnson was a, was a big part of them. They had a big combination going, especially on that right-hand side. But I think he's in a bit of a different role now, a side that's been struggling for, you know, for large parts of the season. But I think, you know, him getting in these areas, sort of getting on the edge of sort of the box for, for cutbacks and stuff. Taiwo, you know, he's a really good striker. Hold up plays really good. He's a really good finisher. He's a big, big player for them as well. So I think it's going to be, you know, a difficult game. We know where their threat is. We know where their threat was from the first game. We saw that with, with our high line. Um Wolfie's told me that they're not going to sort of sit in a, in a low block. So that's probably going to play into Villa's hands a little bit. The fact that they're going to come on to us a little bit more. They're going to be a little bit more attacking. There'll be space opening up a little bit. Uh, new keeper sells as well. I think he's doing okay. So um, good team. But I think Villa 
should be looking at this to get all three points. Hannah, Forrest, thoughts ahead of the game then? What are you expecting? How are you expecting Villa to play? I think looking back to earlier this season when we were coming up against Forest in the reverse fixture, they were probably a slightly different proposition. Obviously, they were you know, under different management at the time, but we probably did underestimate them a little bit and ended up getting beat. So I, I, in under no illusion that we should do the same thing again. But I do think that we, on the field, on the day, have have enough to to beat this forest side however i think they're in decent form um obviously i don't i don't watch too much of forest but i think you know they had a good result against west ham and have have picked up points recently um and considering at, at one point they were probably quite close to the drop they're starting i think to bridge that gap a little bit now so they will be probably coming to villa park not confident but feeling like they can can get something against us, especially if they've looked at our last few home games across all competitions. But I think we'll probably play a, a pretty similar team to what we did against Fulham. Obviously, you'll probably come on to this in a, in a predicted lineup episode, but we will really want to stop that counter-attack that I think really mm-hmm. punished us um, when we were playing away from home. And obviously, with them being the away team this side, they will likely change change their approach as well I think what's really important for us is, is that we have our att- attackers in good form on the day we should have beat Man United with the amount of chances we had so we know that we're going to create it's it's whether we can test their their back line enough no defender at the minute is going to want to come up against Ollie Watkins or even you know the locks of Leon Bailey so I think we'll get chances it's just making sure we capitalize on them being clinical We've really seen the importance, I think, in this Villa team of of trying to move the ball quickly. I think we sometimes get stuck in a little bit of a rut in games where if we don't get ahead relatively quickly, things seem to you know turn quite slow and we're a bit rigid. And I think we've, we saw at the weekend how it, football is a simple game. Sometimes we really just have to get the basics right and passing the ball across, like you mentioned, Luke, switching it up just to keep things fresh rather than really staying rigid and just, you know, playing it from Moreno to Ramsey and then back to Moreno and we just get stuck. So I think that the villa we want to see is is a lot of what we saw at the weekend against Fulham, which obviously is easier said than done. It's a complete new game, but I do think that we can beat this Forest team and hopefully, you know, Emery's giving them the, the incentives now. Every game is we need to hold on to, to this place because if we don't win, like he always says, there are teams below us that, that will win and will knock us out of out of that um, fourth position. So there's got to be that incentive. And I, and I think a lot of the time now, it seems like these players quite like the... The bounce back or when something goes against us you know like with Bubakar's injury and things like that they seem to react quite well um so hopefully we can continue that but I do think as much as Forest pose a threat and and they do have actually some some really good attackers like you say I, I, I rate Gibbs White I think Hudson Adoy is a good player um I, I just think that on the day 
should we should we play how we can we 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 do have enough to to beat them this weekend one word uno will be after for this game and i'm going to put it out there now control if aston villa control this game we win the game and that goes from sort of keeping our heads sort of if it gets a bit basketball taking that away from the game. I think he'll just want a full controlled 90 plus minute performance and just dictate play territorial advantage, take our time. And I think we'll be fine. I think that the, the offside trap, you know, from opposition pundits fans, is, is still a bit of a myth. It's not actually that high anymore. Um, it wasn't that high against Fulham. Uh, so I think that myth needs to be squashed. So I'm just going to show you now some of the advantages, well, the, the good things and bad things about Forrest, and then we'll get into, into Justin's thoughts. So the threat comes from out wide with, with Nottingham Forest, especially. You've got Gibbs White that breaks his net to get in the box as well. So their big threat comes from these wide areas time and time again. I've got screen grabs from the game against West Ham and the game against Newcastle. Game against Newcastle, those 1v1 situations are something that we definitely want to avoid at all costs because Alanga, hudson Adoy, they've got pace to burn. 1v1 is always sort of an advantage to, to an attacker at times because... You know, the balls at their feet, basically, they've got pace, etc. So those wide areas, especially, you can see on the opposite side, uh, Dan Byrne has definitely now been found out for Newcastle. I mean, he's in dire form at the minute, Dan Byrne. And, I mean, even looking at that, looks it looks a struggle for Dan Byrne already. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fucking yeah. Number seven bus on the turn, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Langer's got Dan Byrne here on absolute toast. Uh, but then the other threat comes from a little bit like Jacob Ramsey, you know, that he's different to, to Gibbs White. But, you know, I think when you get Gibbs White with his head up that's driving, you know, like I say, he can he can he can split that pass through there perfectly for a Langer to run on to. So those are the big threats. But like what I've just said, control, stopping Nottingham Forest from getting into these areas where on transition they're able to counter Villa. And our shape isn't set as much. So it's important that our shape is just completely solid against, against Nottingham Forest and we, and we don't get stretched. Here again, Gibbs White, edge of the 18-yard box. That's an area that he likes to pick up on. So we've got to make sure that we, we cut that passing lane out. We, we're aware of Gibbs White's uh, movement, especially in attacking areas. Um, this goal against West Ham was absolutely awful defending for me. <laughs> You know, he's completely the wrong side of him and he just allows Taiwo to, to just easily turn. And, you know, it's a great finish, but that, that centre-back there, should, his position there is all wrong. Uh, but one area that Nottingham Forest are struggling with massively at the moment are corners and set-pieces, organisation, that second ball, that second chance to react is something that they are really struggling with. And you get that with sort of teams that are, you've got a new manager. It's like new manager comes in, he sorts out the attack. Then sometimes the goals creep in a little bit. Then they sort of sort out the defence and then it's finding that balance. And I think this is one area that um, they are struggling with. I think they've brought in a, 
a set piece coach now. I'm, I'm sure they've brought in a set piece coach, uh, but I, I think that's still sort of in its sort of infancy. But I think that's an area that McPhee can really be looking at to work on. I think short corners are the way that Villa will go in this game because by taking short corners, mixing it up a little bit, it sort of drags players out of position. Then they're having to react to, you know, Villa's creativity. And I think you can see from this one, I think this was the uh, the Gamera's goal where he sort of just peels off that back post there. So, yeah, I think this is an area that they're, they're, they're really struggling with. Second balls going into areas as well, a little bit static. So, I think that's an area that Villa will definitely look to to try and exploit. And we are quite creative on them as well. I think sometimes we can get a bit unlucky with them where we get close to scoring with these creative ones, but they don't quite work out. And you're like, if that worked out, McPhee is a genius, but sometimes it's like, oh, that would have been a great one and, and et cetera. So I think we'll get creative there. So those are a couple of things that I just wanted to highlight for you to pick up on. So Justin, thoughts going into it then? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, the, the Nuno, uh, we know about Nuno from the Wolves days. You know, he likes a solid base. He likes to be fairly expansive the way he attacks the team. So I don't think we'll see anything different with that. So he, he likes this, you know, two solid centre-halves, two solid number sixes. Um, Nicolas Dominguez, who plays the Argentinian international players just in front of the back four, I think he's been really good from this season. Mm. I will also say, Luke, this is not, you haven't told me to say this, but I've been on the Sofa Score app and it is incredible for stats and information. I've just been hoovering up the stuff off there today. But yeah, so I think he's key. And, and it's interesting that they've managed to really recruit well, but I suppose when you, you know, buy 400 players, you know, you're going to get one or two right every <laughs> now and again, aren't you? So, but Alanga and Hudson Adoy, if you'd have said two or three years ago, when that, you know, Alanga broke through at Man United, looked a real prospect, Hudson Adoy at Chelsea, if you'd have said they've been playing at, at no disrespect to Forest, then you'd have said, well, what's happened to them? But I think they've sort of found a home now there, and somebody that we've knew now that will, with Gibbs White also in the 10, that, that they're a real threat in that area. And that's really there, that using the defensive solidity, what they've got, and then those three sort of in behind what is a decent Awone up top striker, they, they are going to cause us... I don't think they're going to come and sit back. They will cause us problems. Mm-hmm. But for me, Saturday, key two players for me, Ramsey and Tielemans. I say that because the six that I highlighted the other day, who I expect are our current star men. We love them to bits. They're going to be mainstays of this team. But I think we expect seven or eight out of ten out of them every week now, and that's generally what we're getting. So the players that are filling in around them, if we can get really good performances out of them, and, and like we said on against after Fulham, that we did have a much better performance out of Ramsey. He looks like he's getting back to his levels. And with McGinn now sitting in the six, Tillerman's now got that freedom to do the McGinn role and be that little link man and be the man that can sit in the hole and, and, and link everything together like we saw with the Watkins second goal. So if those two can really have a good game, added to the other six that are just, you know, quality, then I don't see many teams living with us. I still don't see many teams living with us, especially the likes of, no disrespect, you know, Forest. And we definitely owe them one, you know, City Ground. That was one of the most disappointing results of the mm. season so far. You know, we really come a cropper there. So... Bearing in mind what's on this game and the importance of it, what we've come off the back of with three defeats at home, Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, full sold out Villa Park. I just think we're going to beat them. 
Me too. Me too. Right, got a couple more stats for you before we uh, round off. We're going to go to SofaScore, the best football app going, quickest football app for live scores as well. And you can have this at your fingertips. So download it for free. The link is in the description. It's absolutely amazing. So basically, you know that I like a seven rating on SofaScore. So Nottingham Forest, they've got a 6.85. Uh, they have scored 32 goals this season, scored 44. Uh, they've got 1.3 goals scored per game. But this is this is what I like about Sofa score as well. So like four clean sheets, four possession, they're averaging 40.5, a passing accuracy of 77.9. But you can go down here now and you can see their top players. So their top players, you've got like Justin mentioned, Dominguez, 7.06, Gibbs White, 7.11, Hudson Adoy 7.01, Alanga 7.01 as well. But what you can do as well, so you can go on their goal scorers. So you can see that Chris Wood, he's currently out. He's got eight goals. Taiwo's got six goals. You can go on assists. They've got Alanga's got seven. Gib White's got four. So you've got all this at your fingertips. You can see XG, free kick goals, scoring frequency. You can also click on the player as well. So you can go on their player profile. And their player profile will bring up all their stats on their play on the player as well. So really, really good stuff. Great app. And I absolutely love it. Right. So finally, like we always do, let's just have a little look at some of the head-to-head then. So Villa's head-to-head record is pretty good against Forest in the Premier League era. Four home wins and they've got one away victory. Recent meetings, Justin said that 2-0 loss was very disappointing. 2-0 victory for Villa uh, last season. We are currently fourth, Forest are 15th. We're scoring 2.1 per game. They're scoring 1.3. They're conceding 1.8. We're conceding 1.3. Form guide, a little bit misleading for Forest because I think a couple of those games, especially Newcastle, they played pretty, pretty well in that game as well. So Villa's form, you know, it's okay. Seven points from five five games played. So it's it's not the, the worst from Villa. Uh, we've got the styles here. So you can see the team styles. You've got Forest who are in the fast and direct, but they are sort of edging more towards more passing sequences than, say, a Luton or an Everton. And Villa are in that sort of... Well, we're edging towards more slow and intricate, which I think will lead into possession-based football. Uh, this was, uh, yeah, so that was uh, Forrest's lineup against um, West Ham, which you saw on my graphic on the um, tactical pad. You've got their average positions as well, which will show a 4 2 3 1 with Gibbs White just playing a little bit further advanced in, in this average position against West Ham. They attacked predominantly down the centre against West Ham. You can see their passing network, quite a lot of triangles. Uh, triangles with Dominguez and Langer and Williams. You've got Tavares, Hudson, Odoi and Danilo. Um, so the network was pretty good against West Ham. Uh, this was the West Ham passing network against Forest as well, which is, is not too bad either, to be fair. Uh, they're struggling for goals as well with, with Antonio leading the line. This is Nottingham Forest's uh, territorial advantage per game now. So you can see the red is where the opposition are dominating the games against Forest. The grey are contested and the blue are where Forest are comfortable with the ball. 
So with Aston Villa's possession-based football, I would imagine that will look something similar at the weekend. So, no, sorry, look. does that mean that they that, that they love corners because <laughs> both both of the corners well, it, flags? Well, they, they've got yeah. wingers in there, so wingers that will yeah. get to the byline. They've got right in the corner, in it? so they're, they're comfortable when they've got corners. Well, <laughs> And and a goal kick to be fair, uh, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'd imagine Villa are going to dominate this game with possession. We know where Forrest's threat's going to come from. Counter attacking football, very fast, very direct. So when I'm saying control the game, this is why. And then we've got Aston Villa's. Again, you can see the blue aware Villa are controlling the game with the football. So build up to the halfway line. It's a little bit more contested. Just after the halfway line, the red is where the opposition against Villa are having all of the ball as well. So, you know, the grey are contested, which is kind of pretty decent, to be fair. It's like either or. I think it's either or, depending on Pacific sort of um, opposition that we're coming up against. So those are my stats and everything that I've got to say. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much done and dusted. 28 minutes, that's the match preview. Um, so we'll go to score predictions then. Hannah, you can go first. What are you going with? I'm going big. We're going to win 3-0. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, to be fair, I've gone with the same. I'm going 3-0 as well. I think I think we're going to win. Um, yeah, I think we're going to win. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Justine, what are you going with? Who am I to argue with you two? Lovely people. <laughs> three of us on the predicted match prediction. 3-0 Villa. Let's go for the three. Right. Love it. Can't wait for it. Buzzing to be back at Villa Park. Uh, week's content has started then. We're going to have sort of predicted lineup, opposition preview with my mate Wolfie. Uh, we have then got press conference reaction. I'll probably do something for the European draw as well on Friday. Then we got fan cams. Um, fan cams are going off at the minute. You know, they're <laughs> popping off on everything, popping off on TikTok, popping off on YouTube. Loads of different people are now coming, which is really, really good. So, you know, if you do want to sort of get involved with the channel a little bit and, and sort of grow into the channel a little bit, I'd probably say fan cams are the easiest way to do so because you can just meet us, say your stuff, Keep coming on regularly and then see where it goes from there. So if you want to come on, that's great. Um, all the little kids that come on, they're all welcome as well. I think it's I think it's good for some of the little kids to come on at times because, you know, they love football and some kids really want to get into like media and, and stuff like that. And it, it's a really good little platform for them to get confidence and talk about football. So, yeah, more the merrier. Uh, and then we'll have all of our debrief, etc over the weekend. So yeah, cheers everyone. Up the villa. Up the villa.